Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you, he's one of my oldest friends. He's one of my dearest friends. A friend and a brother that we don't necessarily get a chance to talk to very much, but a brother nonetheless, Mr. Eric Neat. Eric, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, buddy. Long uh, time no see. Yeah, I know. It's been it's been a long time. Uh, so you're up in Michigan now, right? Yeah. How long have you been up there? I've been here, I've been here for, I would say, I moved up here in 2009, so 11 years now. And living and working around here, and still fine. I've got no real complaints. It's honestly not that time different from living back home in Missouri. Yeah, I often wondered how, uh, like, I heard that you were going to be in Michigan, so I, uh, was like, well, depending on where he's at, I'm sure that it might be a little bit different, but some places are about the same, so. Yeah. So what are you doing up there now? Uh, right now, uh, I live with my uh, wife and one-year-old daughter in a suburb of Detroit. Uh, Wyandotte, which is about 30 minutes south of Detroit, and I'm working for uh, Ibrium College in their theater department, where I'm their, uh, the technical director for them, which basically means I'm in charge of all the scenery, lights, sound, that sort of thing. So that's what I've been doing right now. Uh, I pick up as much freelance and acting and making design work as I can, but my Ibrium job is pretty busy. I was uh yeah I was um I I keep track of the some of the the small oh well, I don't know if it's small stuff but like the the side acting jobs that you that you are uh, doing so uh, how's that going for you? It's it's fun it's like it's one it's one of those things like I like I'm lucky enough to where like my my regular job gets me enough that I can pretty much pick and choose what I can do, like, uh, pretty much, like, if I get a role that sounds good with a theater that I, a company that I like, I can pretty much take it whenever I, whenever I want to, or if I want a break, because, like, we all need mental health breaks every now and again, like, I can just be like, no, I'm not going to take any side work for a little while, and I'm just going to, like, be me, so, so far, I'm, like, I'm really liking it. When I, when I first got up here to Michigan, it was, it was a struggle, because I, like I was working a bunch of part-time gigs here and there, and like I kind of scraped together an income, and it was not uncommon for me to be working on like four different shows at the same time just so I could pay rent that month. So as much as I miss being able to like act as often as I want, I don't miss have like having to do it to get by. Yeah. So that whole like struggling actor artist thing is definitely. Uh, a real thing. Um, oh, for sure. So, like, and I, go ahead. As I said, still have a lot of like, friends that, like in the industry, or like a lot of my students that are recently graduated that are that are still doing that. And they they enjoy it. They make it work. So, more power to them. But like, I I like the stability. And there's nothing wrong with that. With you know, like a a wife and a. Uh, an adorable daughter. Oh, but dude, I just can't get over how adorable your daughter is. She is absolutely just a oh, ham. Thank you. You're welcome. She's like, she's a handful, but she's a lot of fun. Like it's honestly made this whole like stuck at home like because of the pandemic thing a lot more enjoyable just because like otherwise I'd be probably going crazy just trying to find stuff to do, but with her running around like I'm always Busy always watching stuff. Like in, like in uh, Hannah, my wife and I were talking the other day. It's like, no matter like how many kids you have after this, we are like probably never going to be as close with them as we are with Daphne right now. Because like we've had so much time at home with her, we've gotten to see all these firsts like happen in real time. So like we're never going to get that again. No, yeah, you're absolutely right because. Um a lot of the the people that were you know staying at home and and having to do all that they, you got to 
you got a chance to actually be uh, like a full time parent. Yeah, like not that you that that you aren't, but like like a true full time hands on twenty four seven parent. And a lot of a lot of kids just you know like like coming from like our backgrounds, you know, like our parents, you know, like our parents worked for a living, so you know, like we, they didn't they didn't have you know all that twenty four hour period with us, so. It uh, it definitely helps. Um, yeah. Would you say that like um, whenever like pre-pandemic, would you say that like whenever you were a uh, whenever you were like doing your 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 day job and like the, your side jobs, um, was it was it draining for you to try to do all that and still be? husband and still be dad was it did you go did you go home and just like be absolutely drained from everything oh for sure i mean not like not every time like not every night but like there were definitely nights especially like it was you were getting uh, closer to like if you were going to open a show that week and maybe you were a little bit behind on something or i was having to put in extra hours and like and stuff like that like it, it of course it got hard it got hard to like find that work-life balance where it's like I like if I had a rough day at work like to try and like leave that in my office and like and like go home and like and just try and have a good day at home like it's and so that was something that like I definitely struggled with and especially like at like with the, like the long hours we put in during tech week because during tech week like right before we opened the show it was not uncommon for me to get there at 9 a.m. and then not come home until like 10 30 or 11 o'clock at night or after so like those weeks were rough how did that uh transition like with your your wife i mean because you know i i have been married myself and i've worked the long hours and i know sometimes it can be rough to have um your partner gone a lot so like yeah has uh has did it ever like really impact your marriage too much? I got super lucky in that department because uh, Hannah, my wife, uh, is also she's also an actress and she's also in the industry. Oh, okay, so good. She understands that like there are going to be those times where it's like we're just not going to see each other for like a period of time. It's like there, uh, she uh, uh, the most recent big show was she did a production of. Christmas Carol at uh, Meadowbrook Theater, which is a big name like, uh, theater in the area, and like there were those nights when she would do like, ten shows in a week, and basically like she would get up and have to do as like a kids' matinee at ten a.m. and I wouldn't and she wouldn't get home until again like ten or eleven at night and after, and then so it's been kind of a trade off, but there's like there does get to be those times where it's like like where it's like just feel like we're passing like ships in the night, so that gets tough, but for the most part, we've both gotten very lucky in that we're extremely understanding of each other's schedules. So, yeah, that is, yeah, actually, you're really, you, you did get pretty lucky, I mean, I haven't had a chance to meet your wife yet, but, like, from what I've uh, seen of her, she's, she seems to be pretty amazing, and they, you're happy with like she makes you happy like the happiest I've seen you like ever so um well you her and your daughter naturally so but um I got extremely lucky like I, I definitely outkicked my coverage when it came to when it came to getting a wife like I like I just keep thinking one of these days she's gonna wake up and be like why am I with this short balding man <laughs> uh well as long as you just keep convincing her, like you need to get that like Men in Black thing, you know, just like start keep like uh, <laughs> keep zapping her, you know. I mean, I feel like that might be a sellout. Um, maybe in the future, but not right now. <laughs> so, how did you meet your wife? Uh, this is actually a, a really fun story, and I I wish she was here because she tells it a lot better than I do, but. Uh, and for a while, I was working uh, with a murder mystery dinner theater company as one of their actors, and uh, we had our, our regular like, weekend gig at like this banquet 
which is like another suburb of Detroit. And so like every like Saturday or Sunday or like a couple times a month, we would go up there. We would do our, our murder mystery show, and it was like, the audience and like audience participation, and like so we could assign certain audience members characters, and like we talk to them, and they would like try and guess like who killed who did the murder. So I was an actor in that show, and she actually her uh, like her mom's boyfriend at the time like had been to a show previously and found a, like some, some tickets on Groupon. So went to like went and got tickets and like took the whole family to like that show that night and I was like I was there and like she was looking amazing. Like she looked fantastic and her and her family got there kind of late and the character I was playing was like this angry German guy that like was like real prickly so I like yelled at him and like with my German accent and like slid at the table but then I like thought I was being slick and coy, but apparently I was not. Like, but I, every, like, every chance I got, I would, like, find a way to kind of sneak over there and, and talk to her and, like, and try and, like, drop hints on, like, here's, the, here's an important clue and stuff like that. At the, at, like, at the end of the night, like, her, like, her uncle Chris came up to me and started shaking my hand, and it was, like, like I swear, like, the longest handshake I have ever had. I, I swear he was shaking my hand for five minutes. Oh, wow. Finally, like, he let, his hand, he let my hand go, and then here comes this beautiful woman up to me, like, clearly, like, super nervous. Like, we were, like, busting tables and cleaning up our stuff, and she hands me a slip of paper, and she says, so, next up, here's my number, if you want that, and then, like, bolted like a, like a flash of lightning. So, like, a couple days later, I called her, we went out on a date, and the rest is history. Oh, wow. That is, that is, that is super cute. That is a super cute story. That is amazing. <laughs> how, did, all right, how long did it take you to call her? Uh, I, like, I was trying to be a gentleman and not seem too eager, so I waited, I, I waited two days. Oh, you waited the two, you waited two days. Now... Some people say you wait three days, but... Like I said, like, the rule is three days, but I didn't want to wait the full three. You know... I waited, I waited two days and then called her, and of course, with my number being a Kansas City number, she was like, I don't know anybody in Kansas City, so I had to leave her super awkward voicemail. Oh. And, and luckily, she, luckily, she called me back in like an hour after I called her, and we were able to set stuff up. Like, she called me back, like, while I was in the middle of a comic shop looking at a Spider-Man graphic novel. Nice. And I, like, and, like, in my nervousness, I left that slip. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just buying some comics right now. And she still went out with me. No, that's, see, the nerd can get the girl. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. That, well, you know, it, it sounds like you got yourself a keeper, sir, and kudos to you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. So, um, so let's uh, let's let's go a little far farther back. Um, growing up, you know, like you grow up in uh, the Midwest, Missouri. Um, your dad is a principal, and yes. your mom works at a bank. Now. Well, he's retired. Yes, he is retired now. It's all right. So before we, I get into that. Every literally every time I see your dad, it is so hard for me not to call him Mr. Neat. Like, yep. it is really hard for me because like we like we're brothers, you know. Like, and I call your mom mom, but I I just legit cannot call your dad either pops like I do Brandon, or or anything or, or Paul like I just can't do it. I just call him Mr. Neat. It's it's the weirdest thing. I mean, because you know he would have given me so much shit if he had done that like, in high school and called him Paul or Dad or something like you were in high school. Like, you've never heard the end of it. Oh, no. Yeah. I, I almost called him Paul once. I think like my, I think it was like the end of my senior year. It was like the last day before uh, we left. And like I was walking by your dad and I was like, all right, see you, Paul. I'm Mr. Neath. Yes, Mr. Neath. That is what I was going to go with. <laughs> I doubt he would have cared 
No, I don't, he probably he probably just would have looked at me like he always does. But like, yeah, it's I I do enjoy seeing your mom and uh, your dad every once in a while. We always we always do end up talking about you, and uh, they're always letting me know what you're up to because like they know that like we're both super busy. So like, and we're guys, so it's yeah. not like we're always gonna be like, it's not like we're texting each other every day. <laughs> so. Oh, I think we all are. I mean, I think for the most part, if uh, like I'll run into a couple of the guys every once in a while, or like if something's going on, I'll like I'll text like Andy or I'll text like Paul or Brandon or something like that. But for the most part, like unless something's really going on, it's like like I'm horrible yeah. about it myself. So like, th luckily, like we. Like a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was talking about how this pandemic kind of ruined the reunion that we were all going to have. Yeah. Oh. I was actually just talking to Hannah about that before I came out here to talk to you. Because, and I was bummed because I was really excited for you to meet all these guys, but we'll get to it at some point. Yeah. Trying to figure out how much time this summer to come down. Yeah, yes. Uh, I, am, I, I think all of us are looking forward to seeing each other, like, every once in a while I'll run into uh, a couple of the other guys, like, just out of the, out of the blue, and it's like, holy crap, and then, like, it starts that whole reminiscing thing of, like, oh, remember that time. <laughs> I, honestly, sometimes I, I don't. I, there was a lot of times when we did stuff in a state of mind that we probably should have been doing stuff. Oh, yeah, that's true there's a there was a lot of things that i think we did because we were just i'll say it like we were just stupid like <laughs> you can't you can blame the you can you can blame the alcohol or you can blame just the stupid that you know young early 20s teenage years that we were all hanging around each other we were all very yeah. stupid and like i'd like to think that we all own up to it for the most yeah, part. You can't hide from it. We have just too many people that know about it. That's true. I think we'd have to we'd have to kill like all of them if we were trying to hide from it. Yeah. Uh, you know, honestly, there's I, I lost a lot of that I lost a lot of those videotapes, so unless somebody like finds them in the in the dumpsters <laughs> I think we're golden. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, um, growing up, alright, so, in high school, you know, like, your dad is the principal, how hard was that for you, Gro like, growing up, your dad's the principal? Yeah, I mean, it had, like, it had, it was good and bad, obviously, because, like, having dad, like, always there at school would be great, because, like, if I ever needed something, dad was right there, if I always knew that, like, like if something ever went wrong or something went down, like I always had somebody there. So that part of it was great. But there were a lot of stuff like that was a little less great because I know there were, like I don't want to like name names and throw people under the bus, but I know for a fact there were some people in high school that just flat out did not like me strictly because of dad was. But like, same point, like, screw those people because like I love my dad, he's an awesome dude. And like just because like you're kind of a shithead and get in trouble all the time, that's on you, not me. But like there were like a handful of people that like legit I can tell did not like me strictly because of that. And of course there was also like no getting away with anything for me. Like if I like I knew if I got in trouble in class, like I was probably going to see my dad five minutes later, if not sooner. So that part was a little bit rough. Did any a little bit awkward bringing bringing girls home to the principal's house? Oh yeah, yeah. That I, I that was that was gonna be one of those things that I wanted to ask you about because dating for you, like if you were trying to date anyone that you went to school with, that had to have been awkward. So... Luckily, like, my dad, when he was, like, when he 
good job of like wearing this principal hat and then like the yeah, actual dad hat. Like, you, like, you know, you can see him in both instances. Yeah. He's a very different dude at home. Oh, yeah. Like, so, but luckily, like, if I were, like, not, like, if I got a girl who agreed with me and that they met, like, at home dad, like, it was great. Like, they, like, like at home dad's, like, a lot of fun and he's, and, and still, to this day, like, he's, like, a super fun, goofy guy that, like, I love to hang out with. Now, like, Prince Dad had to be, like, a little bit more of a hard ass, because that's just the nature of the job. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, I often wondered how, like, be, like before me and, uh, before we got super close and before I'd really gotten a chance to really know your dad, I, I often did wonder if uh, if any of the stuff from his his job ever came home with him to his private life. So occasionally, like not not often. Like he was like he did he was pretty good about like leaving stuff at work, but like especially when like he, when I was younger, I remember like uh, before like they hired a full time athletic director at the high school, and that my dad was also doing that job. So that like was a lot of stress because he not only had to do all of his normal stuff as principal, but he had to be in like every football game, every basketball game, every wrestling meet. So like he wasn't home a lot, and like when that was going on, so that was tough. So that was like stressful. For I know my mom too was stressed out about it because like like it wasn't home down. But like like hire, like having a little bit of help in that department and letting him be home a lot more it helped a ton. And now that he's retired, it's like he's like he like we're just super chill and relaxed all the time. Like we were like FaceTiming a couple days ago and it was like and him and mom are like hanging out at the lake right now, like on vacation, going out on the boat, fishing and stuff like that so he's, he's doing right now yeah yeah like i think the last one of the last times that i seen him i think he was buying beer and like it's it's one of those like i'll look at him and be like you know i know he is old enough and i know that he is retired and he deserves it but man it is just weird watching that man carry a case of beer with him and seen them put them away like my dad is no slouch oh i heard oh i heard some stories <laughs> he kind of it kind of makes me wonder like he could rival us back in the day like how oh, much we were putting yes. away <laughs> oh like that like like if i can go off on a tangent remind me of the story when i was in college like uh like it was homecoming at northwest and my dad uh, i'm a, my, my dad and i are both northwestern area alums and he came up to homecoming with uh, Mr. Putoff, our old ag shop teacher. And like, they came into, like, we were living in this, like, shithole house on Main Street. And, like, I had, like, six roommates in there with me. And we were doing what college kids were partying. And we had, like, a, like, a ping pong table in our kitchen set up to play beer pong. Of course. So, like, my roommate and I, like, challenged my dad and a beer pong match thinking we were just going to own these old men because like we've been playing for months and they've never played like in their lives i have never lost a game of beer pong so badly in my life i don't think i, I don't think that they had to drink a single cup in that game oh damn yeah like they were like they were sinking every single shot Wow, like hats off to your dad, Mr. Putoff. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got schooled. Oh. So, like that, and that, that pool of football. If you ever take on my dad at your pong pool of football, you'll get embarrassed. Well, see, uh, that was all. That was never really a, a question, but now <laughs> it's really never a question. That's like. I'm not, I probably won't even go near any of those things if your dad's around. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, graduate, you're going to college, uh, and then, 2009, you said you moved to Michigan. Yep. 
how hard was that to leave the uh, the, the, the an area where you knew so well? How hard was that for you? What was going through your mind whenever uh, you were making this transition? Yeah, there were a lot of mixed feelings. There really were because like, I absolutely like I love working with them. I love my family. Like I love Lake Maysville, love that area. But it was one of those things like because of what I do for a living, because I wanted to make a living in the arts, specifically in theater, I knew deep down that I could not stay close to my family. Like I knew that like if I was going to like really try and make it on my own, like I I maybe could have tried to do like Kansas City because they had a decent scene. But like I wanted to kind of go out and just see what I could get. So like it was really, really sad leaving like everybody behind obviously and knowing that like like when I when I get to come back there it's only going to be like short spurts. But like it was one of those things like we like my internship that I ended up ended up working in Michigan kind of fell into my lap. So it was one of those it's like like I like I don't know how like everybody believes like Divine intervention and like God having a plan and all that stuff, but it was one of those like it hit me in the face too hard for it not to be like an ordained thing. Like I had to do it. Cause, like I was working with uh, like um, at a summer theater in Nebraska in Brownsville, Nebraska, like awesome little summer theater with uh, the guy that ended up becoming uh, the best man at my wedding, Casey Hibbert, and he and we were talking and we were roommates at the time and he mentioned that he had an internship at this theater in, in Rochester, Michigan, Butterworth Theater, which coincidentally is the same one that Hannah did Christmas Carol at. And he got an email from their production manager saying they needed another intern that was a that was a, like a carpenter and that could work in scenery and props. And he and encouraged me to apply and then I like I got a call, uh, an interview like within that week and was hired within like another week so it was one of those like I didn't really have any plans for after the summer lined up so it was kind of it was kind of like like the kick in the butt that I needed to get where I could go oh no man that's uh, uh I, I thoroughly believe that um you know God has a way of just giving you those opportunities that you know that he thinks that you're ready for and that like that you're going that you need at that at that moment and that that sounds amazing um yeah uh so while you're up like whenever you got up here like and you're struggling like you know like you're working like all these like four three or four different like side jobs and side roles and stuff like that um how like what was the were you like did you have like like much anxiety or like did you have like any like parts of your like mind where you like were you just getting overloaded with like stress oh all the time like i was like it was one of those like literally like living paycheck to paycheck and then still sometimes having to like call home to mom and dad like to get a little bit like a little bit of bump over the hump like if i needed like my if I knew my, my rent was going to be a little bit low, like, luckily I could call mom and dad and, like, they could help me, but I'm also a pretty proud dude who don't like to do that anymore than I have to, so there was a lot of times where it's like I would, like, pay, like, rent and bills and get groceries for that week and then be like, well, it's, like, it's Tuesday and I get paid on Friday and I've got $23 to get me from Tuesday to Friday, so really hope nothing bad happens, so... It was there was a fair amount of that, which like was a lot of stress, and again with being again as a freelance worker and an actor, like it was never a guarantee that I knew where my next paycheck was coming from. Like I had a couple of like fairly steady, reliable gigs that I knew I could count on for steady like, for steady money, but nothing that was going to like make me independently wealthy or pad my pockets. I'm still really not there. Like I'm not like struggling by any means now, thank God, but I'm still not, I'm still not like Jeff Bezos with my structure of my pension. No, because if you were, I probably would have hit you up for a loan by now. <laughs> if you were, I would have thrown everybody out. 
Right. So, when um, you started seeing your wife, well, your soon-to-be, like, once you started seeing your wife, um, and you're dating and stuff like that, uh, and you're both actors, and and was it, like, really difficult, like, if, like, she had a role that, like, and it was, like, such an amazing role, and you just weren't getting, like, maybe, like, as big as a role, did you, like, was there any, like, jealousy at any point, like, just for, like, a few minutes, where you're, like, ah, she's got this big, big freaking role that's, like, it's amazing, and I'm just getting this, like, small thing, or did any of that ever happen? I mean, this is going to sound like such a cop-out, but it's God's honest truth, like, not really, like, she was getting work, like, I was just, like, I, I was legitimately happy and proud of her, because, like, she deserves it, she's super talented, and, like, and, like, and works her butt off, so, like, any time that she got work, like, I just saw, like, I'm just happy that you're doing well, and especially, like, by the time that because uh, when we first started dating, she still had, she was finishing up her, like, her undergrad still. And, like, by the time she, like, had got out, like, I had largely gotten in the position where I am now, where it's, like, I work, like, as a, like, as a carpenter and as a dad, I'm doing my, like, my tech theater most of the time and only after when I feel like it, so. Like, there wasn't ever really that, like, like void that I, that I felt like I needed to fill, but, like, that, like, that would spark that jealousy. And, like, she is incredibly talented, and, like, I, like, I want to see her do extremely well. Especially because I keep joking that, like, right now I'm the breadwinner of the family, so when you get on that, like, TV series or get the big movie deal, then you can take care of me and I can live out in my workshop in the backyard. Oh, <laughs> uh, see, now that's a good husband right there. <laughs> No, no, I um. So I I hope that um, I I, I have no doubt that you both are gonna be like super blessed in in that area. Um, you, you mentioned her about like her like getting that movie role or that TV role. Is that something that you've ever thought about trying out, or have you went to like I've, any auditions or anything like that? I've done a few film and commercial auditions, and I've done like a couple of like really, really small, like, short films that, like, never really went anywhere, but, but, like, I, like, I'm, I'm signed on with, like, an agency, like, here in town, and every now and then I'll get, like, a, like, I'll get a, like, an email saying that they want me to come in and read for, a, like, a commercial or, like, a, something like that, and, like, no luck with anything major yet, but it is really funny, like, when the commercial that I audition for or something inevitably comes on TV, and, like, oh, that's the part I auditioned for. I read that role. And usually, like, when I read the book and I see the commercial on TV, it's like, oh, now I get ready to cast me because I didn't play anything like that guy. So, like, clearly they were looking for that and not what I was giving them. So I get why I didn't get it. See, well, see, that is, you can definitely tell um, by a person that was raised well and, like, respectful because there's a lot of people that probably in your position that would have seen somebody that got a part that they auditioned for and ultimately didn't get and be like super petty or super like jealous or angry that somebody else got the part and not really understood why so kudos on on your uh, on your parents for raising you with such like clear head and uh, and respect for that so that is actually a good mindset to have. Um, what? Like, life's too short, man. Like, there'll be another one. Like, that wasn't the one that we're supposed to get. What's your, um, what's your dream role? Like, what's that one role that you want, like, to play? Oh, man, I, I have been, I've been lucky enough to have crossed a lot of them off my list already. Uh, like I've got to play uh, Mercutio and Romeo and Juliet. That was one that I've always wanted to play, just because like I love being that like that just like goofy asshole that kind of gets a cool fight and a cool death scene. So that was a really cool one. Uh, I got to play uh, Kristen and Rod in Avenue Two, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with the show, but it's a 
basically that the musical with the puppets only like it's essentially a Sesame Street was R-rated. Oh, no, I've never heard of that, but now I have. Now I want to. <laughs> it's worthless. Like listen to the soundtrack, and it's hilarious. Like they have songs, stuff like the internet is porn. Uh, you can be as loud as the hell you want when you're making love. Like, there's just a couple of the songs in there. That is, that is awesome. I'm gonna definitely have to check that out. Yeah. Uh, one that I like, I really want that I haven't gotten to do yet, and I'm, I'm quickly aging out of it. Is I would love to play the role of uh, Jesus and Jesus Christ Superstar, because this, like the song Gethsemane is so beautiful and so amazing. I like, I want to perform that song. I want to be able to do that role. Oh, I no, I get it. Um, I have I, I have been able to see to see that, and that is a that is a damn good show. So I would love to see. I would I hope that you uh, you get a chance to to at least try to to get that part. So I mean, because that's all that like acting is is just taking a chance and hoping that everything works out. So. That's uh, hopefully you get that opportunity. Um, so speaking of acting, um, when like, do you ever feel like whenever the, like you're like super stressed out and like everything like maybe like things are like kind of gone to shit uh, in your life uh, that whenever it's time to play a part, is it? Is it like some? Is it like a relief to be able to like be somebody else for a little bit? Oh, absolutely. And like there are like depending on what's going on, like sometimes like the bad stuff just creeps in and affects the performance. But unless it's like a life changing, like somebody is like sick or dying or something like that, like like once you step on stage, step on stage or in front of a camera or like. Like in a voiceover booth or anything like that, it's like it does. Like it just like it all goes away for that like an hour and a half, two, three hours, however long it is. Like I just like I get to be like in the zone. Like I get to like do my thing. Like it's like it's very similar to like like being on like a football field or at a wrestling match where it's like I can't focus on anything else except for what I am doing right here right now and so like I like everything else just automatically just gets turned off because I'm like I'm not in that headspace and in this headspace so yeah it's like for lack of a better term it's it's like therapy no I mean that that, that makes a, a lot of sense uh is it easy for you to like quickly get into that role or does it take a little bit to uh get to get to that point where like Eric stops and this person takes over. It honestly depends on the role. Like some roles, like I, like I read it immediately. I'm like, oh, I get this beat. I totally understand where he's coming from. Like I see a lot of similar experiences. Like I, like I know exactly where he is. Uh, sometimes, sometimes it's not. Like sometimes I, like I gotta read through the scripts a bunch of times. I've gotta like really research who that is. I've gotta. Like go online, like research the play and the time period, and like and, and all this kind of stuff. And like do what I always like tell my students, like the kitchen table work, where I like sit down at my table with like a notebook and start like jotting down notes or do like a journal in character or something like that to try and get in that headspace. So like it really like depends on the role. And a lot of times I find that the roles that are that are the hardest for me to get into. That I put the extra work and end up being the better performances because, like, I like I had to work so much harder to get there. And like when I finally do, it's so much more rewarding. So, who, in your opinion, who, right, what is the best uh, performance that you can do? Right? Is it a like a a good, like genuine, like happy-go-lucky good person or is like the like the villain like the bad guy better I mean, for you? I love, I love playing a villain. They are so 
based on like a lot of the work that I've been getting recently, I, I find that I, I'm very much like the comedic relief. Like, I get cast a lot as like the goofy best friend, or like I like I play like I get I play like a drunk asshole. Or uh, there's been a couple of shows recently where I've been like essentially like a, kind of a clown character, where it's like you like I am considered like actor one or actor two, and that like in that actor one or actor two plays like six or eight different parts so like i've got six or eight different courses and costumes and stuff like that so with cast i do that quite a bit so i definitely like i definitely find i i get cast a lot more like as comedic relief type roles than i do as like the, the dramatic brooding leading man which honestly seems to be just fine because like the dramatic brooding leading man is incredibly boring for me to play have you uh, ever had to use some like past experiences with uh, a few of your old buddies to like prepare for like a character? Occasionally, like I, like I, like I, I dabble in that, but I try not to do. I try not to go too hard into that because, like I, like I don't want to get to the point where it's like I have to channel up that. Like that old feeling or that old emotion or that old whatever it was, like getting that mindset of what I was back then in order to play the part. Because, like, there's going to be some nights where that, and it's like, okay, I remember this, like, especially if it's like, like a sad or dramatic thing, it's like, I remember this really sad moment in my life. I think about that, it'll get me in that headspace until the day it doesn't. Only have a time when I'm trying to get into that headspace, and suddenly it's like, oh shit, I'm on stage, it's not coming, I don't know what to do. So, like, instead, what I, what I try and do, and like, and it's very increased, that sometimes it works better than others, is like, just try and like think like whatever character I'm playing. Like, I, I try and like imagine like the circumstances that that character had had happen to them that led them up to whatever that moment happened to me because like at that moment that is me that, that is the character so try so more try to react in real time to what is actually happening as opposed to trying to call up what i have done before just because i'm i know there will come a day that like whatever my go-to memory was isn't going to work anymore and i don't want to be like on stage with a packed house and suddenly it just falls flat Oh, that makes sense. You know, there's nothing worse than like being up in front of like a bunch of people and like completely like spacing on what you're supposed to be doing. Oh yeah, that's that's like at that point it's like I just showed up my whole ass. I'm like, there you go. So um, when you're when you're on stage, um, is there like a certain like actor or somebody that like is like your biggest inspiration whenever it comes to the your whole acting love? Uh, I, I've been like, told by a, a good friend of mine that I'm actually uh, doing a, a stage reading via Zoom tomorrow with. Uh, but uh, it's, like, I remind him a lot of Alan Tudyk. Oh, nice. It's incredibly high praise. Like, I love Alan Tudyk. Like, he's phenomenal. So like, ever since he told me that, like, I have really kind of like latched on to his career and like really followed what he's been doing once. Oh, yeah. like, like I really like admire the hell out of him. That's like he has like all this crazy training from like from Juilliard and like in all those like prestigious roles and like just finds a way to stay just so humble and just is always working. Oh yeah. Actually I was just watching a night's tale uh, a couple of days ago. And, uh, you know, with him being in it, and uh, I, I was thinking about just how amazing of an actor that man is. Like, because I've uh, seen him in so many things that, like, I just, you just can't... I'd, for, I'd forgotten he was even in that. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I had, was watching a, um, a documentary about Heath Ledger, and uh, they had brought it up. I was like, oh, you know, like, oh, uh, I haven't watched that movie in years, so I put it on and started watching it, and I realized... I was like, I was going through it, I was like, okay, I know that guy, I know that guy. I was like, Alan, and I was like, you know, Alan Tudyk, I was like, 
he's one of those like, hey, it's that guy. Like, you can't ever remember like his his like I, I remember what his first name is, but I can never remember what the last name is. But it's always like, oh, uh, he was in that, and he was in this, and he was in that. So like, the, the man is just like a genius in almost everything that he's ever done that I've seen. So. Yeah, Oh God, yes. Okay, so yeah, I didn't know that. You know, that's the dream job. See, that's career goal right there for you, buddy. <laughs> so, do you have uh, anything coming up? Uh, like I've got, like I said, I've got the stage reading tomorrow. Like uh, my buddy Daniel is uh, like is a, a playwright, and he's with a bunch of of one act plays that that he like he wants to kind of do a Zoom reading. Uh, and then <clears throat> this summer, I am working on like, all this crazy pandemic stuff pending, uh, doing a production of uh, Shakespeare's Twelfth Night, where I get to get right back in my wheelhouse and play the drunk asshole, nice. Mr. Toby Belt, so I'm going to be doing that uh, this, uh, this summer as well, like everything pending. Yeah. And then, other than that, like, I've got nothing really on the horizon for a while, but we'll, we'll see how things go, just because, like, everything is so damn up in the air, no one really knows what we're doing from here. Yeah. I've got those going. Uh, I've actually, in the early stages, I've got the same playwright that I'm working with tomorrow. We are actually working on creating our own like voice acting uh, podcast. Nice. Where I can like my superhero story, and we're gonna try and do like a like a like a, a Superman radio show esque podcast with it. So we're kind of getting that going. Well, if you guys get that going, you let me know, and I will promote it on this show, because, like, I've got a little bit of a following over there in the UK, so... Awesome. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, <laughs> I've met a lot, I've met, a, like, uh, I'm in a mental health group, or a couple mental health groups, and uh, uh, I've got to know a bunch of, like, um, uh, people from, like, England and, and Ireland and Scotland and Germany and Canada and, like, a bunch of, like, international, like, uh, people and like they listen to the show and it's like so like you you let, once this whole podcast thing that you you and your friend uh, get going just let me know and I'll uh, I'll promote it on the show I mean hell I'll be it I'll be a sponsor yeah I it, it it's like I uh, I joke with my mom I was like so mom how's it feel that yeah you're second born is kind of a big fucking deal now. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I was going to ask, like, have you ever thought about writing your own play? Uh, I've dabbled in it. Like, I, like, I, I just don't, and this is going to sound, like, really bad, but, like, I just, like, I don't trust that my ideas are good enough to, like, get put down on paper. Like, I definitely, like, I feel comfortable performing other people's things. But I've got a little bit of an imposter syndrome when it comes to like my own ideas. Like, why the hell would I have any ideas that were like anybody on the street wanted to see? So like that's always kind of stood in my way because I've got like outlines of, of my and ideas and scripts, but it's always one of those like I'm not gonna waste my time to put this on paper because no one's gonna care about it. Nah, I, I think you should try it, man. I mean, if anything, you have a like a great sounding board that is known as your wife. So, I mean, I'm sure she's probably been on several occasions, told you that that something was, like, not, a, like, a good idea, and... Oh, yeah. So... Like, she is, like, she is honest to the point of bluntness occasionally, which I need a lot. Well, you know... Because otherwise, I need to do a lot of stupid things. See, I think, uh, I think that's all that you need in life is a, is... A partner that is blunt that's gonna be like hey so don't do that you, you uh, you're an idiot if you do you know <laughs> I think we I, I think I think we definitely probably needed that whenever we were younger but <laughs> yeah, we did. Well, we, we had to 
adults that we are now. Yeah, and uh, you know, like I told you this the other the other day, like, dude, I am really proud of you. I mean, because you went out there and you're chasing your dream. You are you are a definite dream chaser. Uh, not a lot of people get it, like not a lot of people get a chance to really do what they like dreamed of doing. So, and the fact that you're doing it, and the fact that you got this amazing wife that is is like talented and beautiful and smart and she puts up with you so uh <laughs> the nobel peace prize for that um and like your daughter like um seeing you with with your wife and your daughter like on on facebook and like instagram and stuff like that uh it just it it, it i am so touched and honored that like I, i'm watching my friend the guy that like we would like do backyard wrestling and yeah you it was gonna come up at some point <laughs> i didn't bring it up with brandon but you know like i was gonna bring it up with you i yeah. knew then whenever you were you were helping us and you were involved like you when you came up with these characters i knew then that you were going you had to do something in acting and i was gonna and i would have probably kicked your ass if you would have stayed around Maysville to and not done it. So like, I'm super proud of you. I'm like, I don't know how many times I could say it, but like, it's true. Like I said, you and I go way back. So like, you you saw the whole thing. You saw where I came from and what I did and where I was. So that that means a hell of a lot coming from you. Oh, thank you. I I I do appreciate that. So we promoted your stuff. So let's let's promote. uh, Does your wife have anything going on? Uh, right now we're we're kind of in the in the same boat. She works as, a, an, uh, as an acting teacher uh, right now through a company called uh, Fourth Wall Theater Company. And they specialize in teaching theater to uh, kids with special needs. Oh, so I love that. Yeah, oh, they're great. They're a fantastic company, and she's so good at it. And so like, uh, a good chunk of their kids have, uh, like have Down syndrome or somewhere on the autism spectrum. And so right now they like they're still trying to do classes. They're doing like online classes via Zoom, stuff like that. So and if you're wanting to like if anybody like wants to like like get involved with something like that or like has a kid with like with special needs especially that is interested in acting, like Fourth Wall Theater Company, like based around Michigan is a great one to look at. And my wife is one of their their teachers and she did a fantastic job there. Uh, she's also uh, going to be working on <clears throat> that production of Twelfth Night with me this summer, if it, if it goes up. So we're both going to be doing that. Uh, and depending on the way that uh, like the theater scene goes around here with the whole pandemic, there's like, like a, I'd say 95 or higher percent chance she's going to be back doing uh, Christmas Carol at Meadowbrook again. So she's going to be working on that, so she's got that going, and uh, she's, and of course, doing, like, the, like, the mom thing, being an awesome mom, and, and all that stuff, so yeah. she's got a, a few items to fire herself. Oh, uh, sounds like both of you guys are busy, but, like, the best roles that you, that you have is mom and dad, and, like, that, uh, um, speaking of, uh, of your daughter, so, with your daughter uh, being so young and being able to be around there, um, or around her as much, um, whenever the world starts definitely like opening back up, is it going to be hard for you to like not be there as much? It will be. It definitely will be. Like I'm, like, I'm torn because like I'm very ready to like get back to like normalcy and stuff and like go back to work like I like I really miss like going into and working in my shop and building that's why I've like converted my garage to like part shop part gym part man cave because I'm like I've got a lot of projects that I want to work on and I like I'm going to like once we get the permits pulled and then I like put a deck on the back of our house and like potentially redo our kitchen and stuff like that so I'm like don't stir crazy like doing this type of stuff so I'm going to be very happy to like have my outlet to like build again but like I'm like I for sure 
through her blindness, like seeing her all the time and stuff like that. But and this is vague, and I don't mean this to sound bad, but at the same time, I'm I'm, I'm kind of not. I'm looking forward to like being able to like drop her off with the babysitter and not have to worry about it, and like get to be like Eric, the actor or the technical director or the carpenter, and not Eric the dad for a little bit. So like it's. Like, I'm like, I'm, of course, I'm going to miss spending time with her, but I'm also looking forward to, like, getting to be me again. Oh, I know, I get it. Uh, I get it a lot. Alright, so we're coming up on time, but, uh, so, Eric, thanks for coming on the show, and, um, hopefully this summer everything, uh, works out. You guys, you and your wife are able to get back on stage. Um, good luck with all that, uh, and... Definitely come back on the show because um, oh. this was this was nice to catch up and we definitely need to do it uh, yeah. more. Well, for sure, man. And hopefully, I get to come down this summer and see everybody because like I'm still super bummed that I reunion ended up not working out. Yeah, me too. I blame the bat. <laughs> <laughs> Batman. I mean, Ben Affleck is okay. Batman. I blame him. Like the minute yeah. he decided to quit, the world went shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, it was good talking to you. My best to uh, your daughter and your wife. So I uh, will talk to you later, buddy. Okay. Love you, buddy. Love you too. All right, bye. So as you can see, uh, started this episode off a little differently. Just went straight into the interview. Um. So, as we record this episode, um, by the time this episode airs, it'd be like three weeks, uh, three weeks from the day that we're recording this on the, um, 22nd of May. But, <clears throat> in real time, not too long ago, uh, couple days ago, um, there was a story that hit the news that, that got to me. Um, former WWE wrestler Shad Gaspard um, passed away. Now, I didn't know Shad. Uh, I'm not even going to act like I, I did. Uh, any people that knew him. Uh, but I never got a chance to meet him. But, like, I was a fan of his. From his in-ring work and even some of the acting that he had done. But I suddenly became a bigger fan of his because he passed away. And I didn't become a fan of his because he passed away. I became a fan of him as a human being, as a, as a father, and as a fucking superhero. A real life one. Just seeing his own life to save his son it's literally every parent's worst nightmare but a thing that we would all do at a drop of a hat no hesitation being swept up in a riptide on a beach and in California, they tried to save both of them, and he literally, his last words were, save my son first. They did, and his son's fine, but he, he didn't make it. Now, Mentally, I know his son's going to probably hold a little bit of blame, but he shouldn't because that's what a parent's job is, is to protect your kid through everything. Sacrifice yourself, sacrifice your life for them. And I think that everybody who is a parent knows that that is 
the hardest thing to watch or read if you've heard this story. It gets me because I didn't know the man, but I have the utmost respect for the man. Um, his in-ring work, his acting skills, uh, that's, that's all to the wayside because the man went out like a true superhero, proving that there are great people in this world and there are great dads in this world and he is one of them so my heartfelt condolences and love and respect go out to his family who I'll never meet and who probably won't ever listen to this but like I hope uh, to God and, 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 and heaven that uh, they they feel the love from everybody that has ever been a wrestling fan, much less a fan of Chad, for just the amazing sacrifice. We're proving that superheroes, they don't always wear capes. Sometimes they wear Uggs. Or, I'm sorry, not Uggs, pins. But, uh, yeah, so that is one of those stories that kind of hit hit hard for me around this time um and i think it also has to do with uh, a couple weeks ago i myself had a little bit of a mental breakdown and a uh, emotional breakdown both of them happening at the exact same time uh it took a lot out of me and to this day i still am struggling with this newfound anxiety and nervousness to be around people um it's gotten a little bit better. I'm able to be around my kids and not feel as anxious and nervous, but um, like strangers, you know, people that I love, uh, it's, it's, it's awkward and it's hard and it's draining for me to even be at work. Um, and uh, I don't know what caused it. I don't know what happened. Um, I, I preach a lot on the show about taking care of yourself and, and uh, getting the help and talking about the things that are bothering you and uh, I broke my own cardinal rule and uh, wasn't thoroughly taking care of myself so I um, I want uh, I, I take ownership of all that so it, it was def definitely difficult um, it, it's been difficult but um, <sighs> But yeah, so uh, thanks for uh, listening to the show. Uh, Eric Neese is one of my favorite uh, brothers that I have, uh, like I said in the, in the show. Um, we don't really get a chance to really talk much, but he is an absolute amazing guy. Uh, his, he is such an incredibly talented actor. Uh, and um, he, I loved how in this episode he... He, he just went to prove that having a dream and taking the risk to chase it is the uh, is the lesson that you can learn from this is that he he knew what he needed to do and he knew how hard it was going to be and he knew that he was going to struggle and he was going to have all these uh, bouts with um, like anxiety and stress and and maybe even a little depression but uh, he he went through it and he got through it and yeah he still probably ha and he has it every once in a while but this man like he went out and he worked his ass off to get everything that he has um, his amazing wife his amazing daughter um, his his whole life he 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 is definitely blessed and like he said uh, he he definitely proved that he. That anybody, you can be anything that you want to be. You just got to do it. You just got to put the work in, chase your dream, uh, and don't let yourself get in in your own head. Uh, that's my job. Um, hopefully, by by the time this episode airs, uh, in your head, the Shannon Stanford T-shirts will be. I'm printing off a, a limited supply, so hopefully. Uh, 
if you haven't gotten any um, may, and you want one, uh, hit me up on my Facebook page at In Your Head with Shannon Staniford. Um, and we can try to get that accomplished. Uh, if, if you've watched the video uh, where I did a little advertisement, uh, I got a lot of a lot of a lot of people that were very much appreciative of that video. They loved it. They uh, said they made it, it. It made their day. Made them smile. I got a lot of people that were complimenting my smile and my teeth. Like I said before, in a couple episodes, Ashley Jensen and Humphrey Gentle in Gallatin, Missouri, they are completely responsible for my smile. Um, they're the ones that brought my confidence back, and uh, as you can tell in a lot of my uh, videos on Facebook or Instagram, uh, it, it, it's back, um, and I'm having a lot of fun uh, being able to smile, so big ups to Comfort Dental and Ashley Jensen for uh, giving this guy um, his smile back. So, Eric, thanks for coming on the show again. Like, uh, we'd actually, after the show ended, me and him talked, I invited him to come back on the show whenever he wants. And I even told him to bring his wife. You know, his, um, his wife is more than welcome to come on the show. I'd love to have her. Um, and everyone that's listening, you got a story, if you, if you got, if you want to come on the show, uh, I know it's, you know, probably nerve-wracking, but, you know, hey, it's a lot of fun. It's basically just a conversation, and uh, it's telling your story, because everybody has a story. Everybody deserves to have their story told. So I'm going to leave you with our Zen Moment of the Week. We're going with the fact that Eric is a dream chaser. We're going to have a quote about chasing your dreams. Ready? Chase your dreams and your nightmares will grow tired of chasing you. I am Shannon Staniford. This is In Your Head with Shannon Staniford. I bid you adieu. Love, peace, and chicken grease. You guys be good.